business success usually comes to those who are too busy to be looking for it. Join RVK for the award-winning RV on Business Show every Tuesday at 12 midday. It's not about thinking out of the box. There is no box. Only on 101.9 High FM. Welcome to 101.9 High FM. It's 12 minutes past 12. Thank you so much for joining us once again. And we now sit in the aftermath of the looting, the chaos that ensued a couple of weeks ago. And in typical South African fashion, it's calmed down. It's done. It's sorted. There's been a bit of police activity trying to normalize and stabilize things. But unfortunately, that is the volatile country we live in. And that is the volatile emotional scenario that plays out from time to time. However, in its wake is chaos. In its wake are businesses that are destroyed, businesses that have to rebuild. And the magic word that comes to mind is cash flow. It's all good and well that you insured. It's all good and well that you had a contingency in place. But do you have the cash flow to see yourself through that period? Yes, insurance will pay. Yes, you will be able to get assistance. But you need to be able to, you need to be able to survive that. And one of the pleasures that I have on the show is over the last couple of years is interviewing young entrepreneurial South Africans, highly qualified young guys and girls who've gone out there, built new businesses with new ideas, become trailblazers in their own right. And today is no difference. We have one such person on the line, Eddie Markle, CEO of Payable. Welcome to Chai FM. Thank you, Avi. Thank you so much for having us on your show today. Good afternoon. Pleasure. Great to have you. And I really feel passionately that it's just amazing to see young guys going out, doing new things, and also collaborating with established institutions in the country, like Sassman, to really bring out something fresh, something different. My history with Sassman goes all the way back when they had a little office in Norwood, and they were really scrounging around for business when they started. And they really just went from, you know, grew and grew and grew based on solid ethics, good business practices, and just being a damn good bank. But Ellie, let's, let's get into the meat of the matter. The bottom line is you guys are a fintech lender, which bottom line that means is that if I've got a business, I need to buy stock. I need to get up and running. I need to, I need to have cash flow and my suppliers aren't interested in giving me a long period of time to pay. You guys will assist me in getting the cash so that my suppliers can be paid. And then I've got a payment arrangement with you. Is that, is that the nuts and the bolts of it? That, that, that is the nuts and the bolts of it. Essentially, what the problem that we're here to solve is the classic cash flow catch. Just exactly how you said it. Supplier wants to be paid today. Um, the small business, um, obviously needs to take those goods. They need to do something with it. Only once they've done something with it can they actually go and sell it. Um, but in, in that time, there's a lag. And because of that lag, uh, there's a constant cash flow pressure specifically on small businesses because they're getting pressurized on all sides. Either they're supplying a corporate that's giving them onerous payment terms or even on the wholesale side from a supply side perspective, they can't get access to credit. They have to trade COD with those suppliers because they're not big enough yet to get those favorable credit terms. That's exactly exactly the problem that we've come in to solve, where we then would settle the supplier on behalf of that small or medium-sized business. That small or medium-sized business then can choose their own repayment terms and extend their cash flow side. 
Okay, so that's all good and well in South Africa, and I think we can basically understand how the model would work here. But what happens with international purchases? That becomes a whole different ball game. You've got VAT issues, you've got shipping issues, you've got all the different technicalities that come with banking, letters of credit. How do you guys get involved over there? So that's a, it, what poised us to go and create our current product is that we've been trading with our local trade finance product for plus minus four years now. And what kept happening is that we kept getting requests specifically from small businesses. Say, like, it's really great that you're helping us here, but I can't, you know, my, my stock isn't here at the moment. I have a, I have a supplier in China. I have a supplier um, somewhere in Europe. And like the big banks and everyone else won't look at me. The specialized trade credit um, finance facilities won't look at me unless I can like have a 2 million rand type facility size, which I'm not anywhere close to getting at this point. What we then did is said, okay, you know, we figured out how to underwrite small businesses locally in South Africa. But what we couldn't quite do just yet was how to facilitate those international payments, just the same as it's incredibly complex. There's a whole bunch of compliance that one needs to navigate. And once SASFID came in as an institutional investor on our side, we then kind of put our collective heads together to say, well, how can we leverage what they already have in place? Utilize our skill in underwriting, but facilitate it through the SASFIN Forex division. And through that, we then are able to facilitate those payments. Part of our product expansion is now um, partnering up with more logistics companies, more freight forwarders, um, so that we can assist even more on that side, so that we can broaden, you know, just as opposed to just making the payments to the international supplier, actually help them with things like the customs clearance and things like that. So at the moment, we're leveraging everyone in the circle um, as part of that as part of that value chain, uh, and we are able then to facilitate the payment through Sassman products. But that's brilliant because Sassman has already gone through that exercise many, many years ago and really built a footprint around that. Um, and so you're really leveraging on that. Um, Ellie, at the end of the day, the reason no one wants to touch a SME or a small to medium enterprise or a budding business is because it's just risky. It's as simple as that. Often there's a lot of passion, a lot of great talk, wonderful looking spreadsheets, but there's no tachlis, as we say, behind it. There's, there's no assets. There's, there's overdrafts. The guy's mortgaged his bond, his car, and other things if he could. How do you get involved? How do you see the value there? Um, so what we do, which is quite fundamentally different to how a bank typically would approach credit, um, is exactly like you said, they're looking for security. They're looking for heavy NAV. We've found a way through our underwriting algorithms to look through the business, look through it and see who the directors are, see how they're performing from their personal credit perspective. Also look at from a cash flow perspective on the bank statement, you know, is this business growing? Um, those are things that typically, you know, from a pure management accounts like perspective, you don't pick up. And for that reason, a lot of small, um, micro, small and medium enterprises are, are able to come through from an underwriting perspective on our side, whereas they may not be able to get um, the same type of credit from a bank due to the different way that we approach credit. Right, Eddie, we need to take a quick break. But when I come back to, to you, what I really want to discuss is the difference between what you do and where somebody would come in and take an equity stake in the business in order to grow it. It's a fundamentally different thing. Craig, let's take a quick break. We'll be back with you in a moment. 
This is RV on Business. On the line with me is Eddie Michael, CEO of the fintech lender Payble, as it's written here, the fast-growing fintech lender Payble. And we've really discussed the nuts and the bolts, what it's all about. What I wanted to really sort of separate now, your function, if I'm correct, is there to assist the existing business in order to continue to trade, not to prop them up with trading capital in order to go forward. Yeah, so what we don't do is we don't provide startup funding. So this is, say, someone's got a great idea, a bit like you said, they've got these unbelievable spreadsheets. They, you know, it's the classic story where all I need is just a little bit of money and I can turn it into something else. You know, that, that, that there's a huge place for that, but that's unfortunately not what we're assisting with. We, we do again have quite a, different stance to how we approach credit compared to, say, how a classic bank would approach. Our minimum requirements are very, very different. Um, in order to um, uh, in order to apply for credit with us, one needs a minimum of 500,000 rand in annual turnover, which is much less than what a typical bank would be looking at in order to provide trade finance. Um, they have to be trading for at least one year. Typically, they're one, you know, two to three years. Um, in other places. And because of that, we're able to assist with up and coming businesses, but yes, they do have to be trading. And the fundamental reason for that from a debt funding perspective is we're not taking any form of equity or ownership inside of that business. We're coming from the outside and we're having very much an arm's length contract with that business and saying to them, we're happy to assist you with debt funding to grow your business via, say, purchasing stock. But we're taking a lot of risk as part of that. But you know, on the upside, we're not, we don't get any benefit if that business does incredibly well. Whereas an equity funder would come in, they would take a percentage of ownership of your business and say, I'm very happy to invest in you. I believe in you and I want to see the growth coming out of your company, but I'm going to be rewarded for more than that as the company grows. So two fundamentally different types of funding. All players, all are incredibly important, but different players have different roles to play. Absolutely. Eddie, the, the bottom line is that you guys are in business and you're, you're there to make money and you're filling a niche that people can't fill in the traditional way. Is it a very onerous model for people to follow? From a customer perspective, absolutely not. So one of the things that we pride ourselves on is that our digital platform um, is able to onboard a customer literally within minutes any any registered entity currently in the country that meets our minimum requirements that I just spoke about can go onto our website payable.biz, P-A-Y-A-B-I-L-L.biz, B-I-Z, and within two to three minutes can get a provisional answer in real time of the likely amount of funding that that company is able to qualify for. So from that perspective, it's incredibly, incredibly simple for any registered entity to apply with us in South Africa. And the credit terms, what's the longest credit term that you've got? I see it's up to 90 days. So we've got two different, uh, we've actually three main products. We've got our local trade finance product, um, where they will go up to three months or 90 days. But again, a customer can choose. They may only want it for one month, um, or they may have even chosen three months. Um, come, say, day 40, day 45, they got an unexpected payment early from a customer. They want to early settle and save a bit on interest and fees. They can settle it absolutely, you know, there's no penalty for them early settling. Our asset finance product, um, we're able there to give up to 12 months. So if a small business, 
say it's a coffee shop and they're looking for a bit of, they're looking to expand and they want to buy an additional coffee machine. Um, clearly three months isn't long enough to give them to turn over the, um, to make money on that coffee machine. They were able to go up to 12 months. You know, I was just thinking with the international trade finance, all it does is it takes one ship to decide that it's going halfway through the sewers and then it's just going to park there for a bit. And all of a sudden everything is backed up for months. What happens if someone comes to you in a typical scenario, which happens in business all the time and says, Eddie, really, look, you know, I agreed to 90 days. Everything was going well, but then the stars didn't line up and the wind was blowing in the wrong direction. And this is my excuse, but I need another 90 days. Are, are, are businesses able to, to negotiate that leverage with you? Up to a point. So legitimate restructuring, absolutely. Um, we could potentially um, extend what those repayment terms look like, but um, that's sort of done on a case-by-case basis. Okay, fantastic. Eddie, let's maybe take a little step back. We've discussed the business, how it works, but I think you're an engineer by profession. How did you get involved in this? <laughs> yeah, you know, time for that, Abby. Um, so... Yeah. As, as we say, when we look at an iceberg, we only see one-eighth above the water. But no one really cares what's below the water. Let's just talk yeah, about exactly. what's above the water. Exactly. Um, so you're 100% right. Um, I studied uh, mechanical engineering in IT. Um, and funny enough, I, I actually worked at the, as a flow cytometry engineer when I first left university. Um, but to, to cut a really long story short... a what short, engineer? A flow cytometry engineer. So okay. that was part of the... HIV research, that's what I said, we don't necessarily have enough time to get into, to get into all of that. But um, um, I then went and started to look at different things. And one of the things that was incredibly interesting always to me was data analytics before it became a buzzword today. Um, and actually got involved with quite a few financial institutions at that point, being able to use kind of mathematical and engineering skills to build specifically personal credit score cards initially and pricing engines um, and have been plus minus 10 to 12 years um, with mo- most of the large financial institutions in the country. Okay, so the next question that, that Beg's asking is you're a young guy, young family, highly qualified, a lot of experience in a specific area. Why are you hanging around in South Africa, building a business, adding to the community when the world's your oyster? So again, you're asking, you're asking difficult questions where you don't necessarily have enough time. But the, the short answer to it is that myself, um, our business, our shareholders, our partners, we see a huge amount of opportunity in South Africa. And, and to be quite frank, I think most of the opportunities that have been afforded to us has actually been quite unique to this community and this country. Um, and because of that, we are very committed to growing over here um, and plowing that resource skill back into the country um, because of what it's been able to afford us in the, in the Okay, let's just go to some of the SMSs. There seems to be quite a lot of interest around, obviously, startup finance and blue cloud investing and all that sort of thing, which is clearly not what you do. But as I was trolling through them, the one of the SMS came up to say that I've got a bit of my own capital, I've got an idea, and I've got a supplier, but I simply need someone to put the business model together for me, together with the finance. Would your business be able to assist with that? So I'm not 100% sure if they're implying that they're trading just yet. So I don't think so. Have, 
Yeah, so that from our perspective, they would have to be trading for at least one year. There is a magical one-year number. As we know, it's incredibly hard to start a business. We all know that. Um, and once once you've gotten over that one-year threshold, a huge amount of that startup risk has been removed. Um, and then debt funding makes a lot of business. It makes no sense for a startup business to take on debt funding just as they just as they start. Fantastic. I hear that. Okay. So the rest of the SMSs are on, on the similar vein. We'll come back to them in a later point. I just want to ask you the, the re- the recent riots, for lack of a better word, that really ripped through certain parts of the country. And again, we ask it, I get asked every day, are your family all right? What's happening? I see the place is burning. And you've really got to explain that it's a big country with different areas and it's, you know, it's localized. And not only that, it's the spirit of the country and the spirit of the people that really come to the fore. But how has that impacted positively or maybe negatively on your business in the last month? So it, it really is a great question because, you know, as things were unfolding, you sort of went through that wave of like anxiety and opportunity all at the same time. Um, what we saw on our side is a huge amount of resilience from our customers. Um, you know, we really weren't impacted from many people coming and saying, we really need to relook at things. We don't know what we're going to do. We had a handful of that, but most of our, most of our small businesses that we were assisting with were like just head down, we're working, we're getting through all of this. At the same time, what we also started to see from a broader perspective is, well, how can we, how can we help? So we've approached quite a lot of the, the large shopping mall owners and said, you know, we're quite happy to put special packages together where if a small business needs to restock whatever it is, that we can look at extending our payments terms, you know, maybe making that three month into a six month, uh, maybe increasing our limits, um, and all of the, and, and those types of things to facilitate those specific businesses that were impacted and getting them back on their feet as quickly as possible. Um, and, and continue to grow. But again, to your point, you know, from an overseas perspective, a lot of people were, were almost imagining that the country had burned down, but it was incredibly localized. Um, it wasn't, it wasn't that everything had gone up in flames. And from our perspective as a fintech, we're geographically agnostic. So we've got customers all over the show. So the rest of the country had to move on. Yeah, then just going back a little bit further uh, back, COVID hit in February last year, roughly, and the country shut down shortly thereafter. Um, to put a Jewish spin on it, it was around about Pesach time. And then by the time we got to a similar time now, Rosh Hashanah, we were still nowhere further down the line. Um, how did that impact on your business and what opportunity did that present for your, for your business? So again, a, um, a very insightful question because from a fintech perspective, we were able to be up and running. You know, we've been sort of remote for way before COVID had hit. So our business is completely techno- technologically enabled. Uh, we often joke that we, we don't own a printer. So because of things like that, we were working from home and those types of things weren't an issue at all. Obviously, from a sales perspective and trade, you know, for specifically for those first two to four weeks, the country had shut down completely. So um, no one was looking for trade finance at that point in time because no one was buying stock. What happened is as things started to slowly open up, we started to get quite specific requests um, around some really, really urgent um, stock that was needed, um, specifically on the medical side. So we were facilitating, and we actually just launched 
part of our international program and it just started to pilot. And we were able to bring in incredibly specialized medical equipment on behalf of a few um, small businesses over here um, to enable to get those um, th that type of machinery into the hospital. So post, you know, as COVID hit, um, we did have to adapt quite a bit to just help with some of our customers from a need perspective. Um, but then what we saw is that how we could adapt and change our product actually turned into a massive opportunity for us. Um, and again, when the banks were all starting to saying no at that point, because you know, they're really complex machines and they have obviously huge um, loans and advances out in the market and everyone's worrying about their balance sheets, we were actually able to grow quite easily and quite quickly because of our agile nature. So that's really what it's all about. It's just being able to be nimble, be able to operate. And as again, you know, these days at the world's really just a very, very small place. We, you talking, I take it from home. I'm working from home in another country. And yet we're all talking, we're all operating. It's just incredible. Um, Ellie, if people want to get hold of your, your, um, get hold of you, I've been on your website. What's the easiest way for people to interact with you guys? So we, we, we're on a, um, a variety of platforms. Obviously, going to our website um, is definitely the easiest, especially if you're a small business that wants to apply. So there's no need to talk to a human. They can literally go to payable.biz um, and click on the Qualify Now button. Um, all of our contact details um, are there under our Contact Us section. Our phone number is 87135 our WhatsApp line is over there. My email address is info@payable.biz. So we have a variety. We've got a chatbot on our site. So there's a variety of ways um, if someone wants to get hold of us. But obviously, the easiest way is to go to our website, which is 24 by 7. Go through it in your own time. Um, read through some of our, our recent articles. Uh, have a question. Pop it on the chatbot, um, and you know, that's the easiest way to get hold. And it's a really, really simple website with big icons, easy to use, nice calculators. So everybody just, you know, if you, if you have, you know, if you need the, the help, this is what you're looking for. Please go along and do it. Otherwise, just pick up the phone and be in touch. Ellie, well, you know, all the best to you. Thank you so much for just investing and building something new and exciting in the country. I'm sure there's a lot of businesses out there that are, just hugely, hugely relieved that they have a way of financing that is not traditional, that's simple, that's easy, and all the best. Thank you so much. Thank you great. so much. Great, great. Thanks so much. That was Eddie Michaels, the CEO of a, a new, well, five-year-old company called Payable, P-A-Y-A-B-I-L-L. Please go along, have a look at the website. It's really easy to use, and if you've got trade finance, you've got asset finance that you need, and you are not having luck in a traditional way, or you are, but you just want a fresh approach, go have a look. Great. And then just to let you know that if you are a qualified social worker or psychologist, then take a listen to this. The FM helpline is looking for volunteer counselors to join our helpline team. If you are qualified in trauma, grief, or crisis counseling, the FM helpline would love to welcome you on board. Please email info at FM with your contact details. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Eddie, thanks for your time. Craig, thanks for pushing the button. We'll speak to you next week.